Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schallenberger. I'm your host, Jamie, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. Each episode is a mini training where you'll learn how to achieve extraordinary success. Steve is a number one national best-selling author. He successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for large and small organizations around the world, executive coach, father of six, and founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to our listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is Steve Schallenberger, your host with the Becoming Your Best Global Leadership podcast. And today we are going to talk about what are the instincts of an entrepreneur. And so for all of our entrepreneurs out there listening in, I'd like to just give you a little feel about what we did this last week. We concluded a two-day breakthrough entrepreneur conference, and we had a great group there representing numerous industries. Some uh, represented mature companies and organizations, and others were there working on a, on a new startup. Uh, it was interesting uh, as uh, we started off by me sharing about my business career, uh, which continues to be active and very involved uh, with now more than 11 startups or purchasing of companies. I've been fortunate to have great successes, but along with some very impressive failures. <laughs> In other words, uh, that equals learning experiences along the way. And so the purpose of the Breakthrough Entrepreneur Conference is to help the attendees learn from a career of experiences that can save them millions of dollars, sleepless nights, crazy stress, and how to vastly increase their odds for a highly successful outcome. We had a great time. Uh, also, this is based adding to not only my experience, but Rob's experience, and also one of my mentors, uh, Gardner Russell, who also uh, wrote specifically about his 40 to 50 years of experience in entrepreneurship. So we've really bring together what not only my experiences, but the various mentors that I've had. And so it was really interesting to take a look at entrepreneurship from this point of view uh, and to see what the risks of an entrepreneur are. Uh, first of all, it's interesting to start out by thinking about the sizes of the companies just in, in the United States alone. So there's roughly, roughly 29 million companies, uh, organizations, uh, business organizations in the United States. Uh, of that, 63% of those have four employees or less. And then 17% have between five and nine employees. 11% uh, of those companies are 10 to 19 employees. Uh, it's interesting to note that 99.6% uh, of companies, uh, give or take just a little bit, are fewer than 100 employees. Uh, and so that's interesting to note that the companies come in all sizes, and this is what contributes to a very healthy and vibrant economy. Uh, but certainly, it's not without its risk. As we 
think about, there's certainly a, a, a large number of larger companies as well, probably somewhere in the range of three to 500,000 with 100 employees or more. Now, it's also another interesting statistic is this, that the mortality rate, in other words, as companies, their survival rate from the time that they're established, their birth year uh, throughout the first 10 years, that 70% of every company that starts fails within the first 10 years. And interestingly enough, every single year, there are about 600,000 new companies uh, started. Uh, there's also about 600,000 companies that fail each year. And that varies a little bit with uh, the strength of the economy, but it's right in that band and it has been for uh, decades. And so the question is, if there's 480,000 out of 600,000 businesses that will fail within the first 10 years, what are some of the contributing factors that cause such an enormous failure rate, or what are those that are succeeding doing? So we've decided to really dedicate this podcast and the next one to answer those questions. And I might add that the principles of becoming your best, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, are absolutely foundational uh, to success, uh, not only in an entrepreneur's life, personally, and in the relationships, but also in developing their firms as they move along. And those, uh, that basic foundation of becoming your best, supplemented by the mindset and skill set of what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, allows you to take care of yourself, your family, and increase your odds at being among the best at what you do. So let's just start this podcast by talking about the instincts of an entrepreneur, because our real focus here is to survive and thrive and be standing in 10 years and to be among the best in class. Uh, and I might add that another goal for entrepreneurs should be to personally have little or no debt and, and to build your guilt. Uh, Gelt is a Yiddish word that means an emergency fund or a savings so that you're building for a safe future. Uh, and then last of all, if we were to really have a, a vision or goal for the future, is to be happy, healthy, and, and have strong relationships. Because if we're successful in business but can't succeed in having strong relationships, then it takes a lot of the purpose away from what we're really trying to accomplish, which is healthy and happiness and those type of things. So they, these uh, work together. That's really kind of the main goal. Now let's talk about the instincts of an entrepreneur. And I'm going to describe two different types of instincts. The first is the natural entrepreneurial instinct. And essentially it starts with the idea. And if you can have this in your mind's eye, and see an arrow going directly to execution. And this is the natural instinct. In other words, we have this great idea, uh, we become passionate about it, and we just want to go to work and make it happen. Well, we call this FFF, 
which represents formula for failure. <laughs> In other words, it is extremely risky of going directly from the idea to execution. This is kind of the natural instinct. It's not a disciplined instinct that allows you to have the best chance for success. And so what's the alternative? What's the second type of instinct we want to talk about today? Well, that is an evidence-based innovation instinct. Uh, and the difference between the first one is we have the idea and we're excited about the idea, but before going directly to the institution, execution, there is a space in between. It's a space of dif discipline and discovery. And there are four words that go into that space. The first word, so we have the idea, we move into this space of looking for evidence that allows us to boldly go into execution. First word is think. The second word is to see. The third word, based on what we think about and fits of our strengths, and then we actually see what's going on in the marketplace, then we experiment based on where we think the fits are and act. So that's the third word. And then based upon our experimentation and the action part, then we have the confidence to start scaling this idea and moving to execution. So let me just say that again. So as a refresher, we have the idea, whatever it might be, it might be a new product, it might be a way to save money. It might be a new process within our organization that can save us millions. Whatever it is, it's the idea. That's where things start. It's this curiosity that creates these, and it's a lot of fun. But then we balance that with the discipline of think, see, act, and then boldly go where? Into execution. And we call this FFS which is formula for success. <laughs> and so let me just uh, break this down a little bit more, uh, these four words that we're talking about and what it means. We really start on the beginning part, which is the unproven idea. And where we're heading is to have a proven idea. And the, whatever time it takes, that's what we need to do. Some of this can progress fairly quickly, but it literally is the birth and development of, of an idea to best of class. That's where we want to end up. So let's take the first word, which is think. And here are the maybe some descriptions that we would put under that that helps us in this discipline, which is one mindset of thinking is to maintain real growth from wherever you are right now. Now, this is an important mindset. Uh, I have a great business partner, uh, Dave Clark, and uh, he, he really inspired this thought, which is over now uh, 35 years of working together, uh, in spite of all of the market changes and all of the variables going on in the external environment, when you have the mindset of maintain real growth, it causes you to always be searching what's going on out there in the marketplace, especially compared to where you're at today and what are the things that can disrupt us and how do we be the ones doing the disrupting and keep ourselves ahead of the curve. And the, this idea of working to be best of class helps us do that. So it's a relentless drive to maintain 
real growth. Steady, solid, real growth over many years is compounded and extremely powerful. Uh, also under thinking is what you're really thinking about is searching for the service or product market fit. So we're thinking about our core strengths and what we have now or what our idea is and how can this service or product that we have in mind uh, fit within the marketplace to serve our customers? And are there people that would pay money for this service or product? So that's the first thing. We're thinking about things all the time. And um, it's not just an up and, up and down type of growth. It's steady, solid, ever-growing. So the second word is C. So we're thinking about this long-term, we're short, long-term maintaining real growth. What's our market fit? So what are you really looking for when we see? Well, we're experimenting and discovering the emerging trends in your market. So we do this for reading. We go to conferences. Uh, we're always talking. We're actively involved in uh, industry associations and being very aware in all types of literature of what's happening in our market. So uh, what are the emerging trends? Another thing that we're looking to see is, and this is really important, it's a rider downer. If you're driving, I'm sorry, you may have to come back and ha, listen to this again, but no business plan will outlast first contact with the customer. So, so often we will see people that make elaborate business plans where what they really should be doing is just out there talking with 50 to 100 customers saying, I have this idea. Uh, I'd like to make it available to you. Here it is. Here's how it'll help you. Here's the cost. What do you think? That's first contact with the customer. And you're going to find out very quickly uh, what customers like or don't like. And so experimentation, as we're looking at this scene things, protects against the risks of the unknown. And this is where it's quite important to not judge the idea that you came up with, but judge the evidence that you're seeing. What is really the response? And because it's so easy to fall in love with ideas, let's fall in love with the evidence of how people respond to that idea. Now, as we're going through this, the next word, first word was think, right? Maintain real growth, search for service product market fit. Then we see, we're going to experiment, discover around emerging trends uh, and contact with the customer out there, talking with the customer, and where this experimentation protects us against the risk. Now, the third word is act. So how are we going to act? Well, we're going to act on the information that we just saw. So we become the master. We, be, we, we become good at mastering the art and science of the pivot, making adjustments. So we're, as we're gaining information, we're finding a better pathway to success, and we course correct. And it might be on product features, uh, service features, pricing. Uh, we may have a whole new idea. We, we were one of our coaching clients who is a wonderful individual is in the speaking business. Uh, he is uh, perhaps one of the very, very best speakers in the education arena to schools, teachers, students. He's wonderful. Um, and from our last visit, he was talking about ways he could develop passive income. 
and putting some of his training pieces in the modules. And all of a sudden, what he's found is that this may be a much bigger opportunity than he ever dreamed. So he's making this pivot and talking to his customers. And this has opened up a whole new market opportunity for him. This is an example of it. Uh, and keep this in mind as you're thinking about acting. A company at rest is a company at risk. And if your innovation processes are wrong, then you're more at risk. Okay, so that's the third word is we're acting. And fourth is to be bold and make it so. For all you Trekkies out there, Star Trekkies, I love that. John Luke Picard and, and the others, make it so. Well, once you have the confidence here of what you're doing, it makes it easier to engage. So lessons learned on a small scale help you to be successful on a large scale. So start small, nail it, and then scale it. And particularly in this sense, what we want to know is what are the KPIs, the key performance indicators that cause our success. So if you're marketing a product over the internet or it's sales, you know how many hours it takes to make so many presentations, to close so many, to make a sale, and here's the average sale. And if I keep doing that, uh, I know that I can scale this and be successful. Or if you're doing Facebook ads, you can test different types of impressions and see which ones seem to work better. Well, what you do is we, we take a rifle shot first, then the cannon. And what this allows us to do, uh, one time I, I, a person mentioned to me, he said, you know what, entrepreneurs are, are just crapshooters. They're out there betting the farm. Well, that's not been my experience at all. My experience has been that entrepreneurs are calculated risk takers. In other words, they think clearly about what's at stake and they have to work so hard to make something successful, they don't want to waste their valuable resources on something that may not work. So those are the four words and then we move right into execution. So there we have it. Uh, and this is the way it's been over time. Uh, I love it. You know, you hear, uh, there, there are some great books out there uh, that help us see things uh, from different points of view, like Ready, Fire, Aim <laughs> uh, by Matt Masterson. What he's really saying is the very same thing I just said, which is get experience at a small level and, uh, and then scale it once you have the experience, but don't bet the farm. And in his book, he talks about the different things that you can do. Henry Ford did this, by the way. Uh, Henry Ford, uh, uh, I, I remember the clip in his movie, uh, Henry Ford, and uh, his CFO, the accountant, the head accountant, was walking the shop floor with Henry and explaining that last year they sold 78,000 Model Ts, and this year demand had doubled already. He said, we've doubled their employees. There's just no way we can stay up with this. So think about this idea. And then we have these, don't go to execution, but we have these four words, think, see, act, and boldly move ahead. Well, uh, Henry Ford was sitting in the factory that night alone with one of the Model Ts, meditating on this, this issue, just thinking about this problem. I mean, it was taking a 12.5 hours to produce a car. 
and there's just no way that they could stay up with the demand. And in frustration, he kicked the wheel, and the car rolled forward. And all of a sudden, that gave him the idea about an assembly line. Oh, he was so excited. So what did he do? Well, Henry Ford had his share of impressive failures previously. So he had learned to also go through this discipline that we're talking about now, that there's this space between idea and execution. And so the next morning, he found a place in the factory, sent somebody to get his chief accountant cousins, and they were pulling a car, and he was showing how this worker would add the running board, but he wouldn't screw it down, and the next worker would screw it down, and so forth. They found that they could cut the production time in that very next day from 12.5 hours to six and a half hours, and they were just starting. Cousins said to him, Henry, this is brilliant. And Henry Ford said back to him, no, Cousins, it's just common sense. Ha! Well, I love that. And, of course, ultimately what they were able to do is to cut down the production as they got experience with it. He saw this fit. Uh, he started working on and experimenting. They made the pivot to this assembly line and found they ultimately were able to cut down their production to an hour and a half per unit. Well, this revolutionized not only car making, but so many other things. This is how it goes. This is how we can do it in a way that maximizes our chance to be successful, to be among the 30% in 10 years from now, to establish an organization that is best in class. Well, in the next podcast on entrepreneurship, we are going to discuss the seven keys that lead to being a highly successful entrepreneur. But we are going to do it based on this foundation that we just discussed today. But there are seven things that allow us to develop these ideas and make them successful. Kaylee, who was one of the attendees last week, uh, when she came to day two, she went home the first evening and shared what we had been discussing with her entrepreneur husband. She was so funny because she shared with her husband this whole idea we've just been talking about. And she said, and from now on, when we have an idea, we are going to be evidenced-based, innovation-type entrepreneurs. Well, that's the way to do it. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. Don't forget you can find more great episodes of the podcast at becomingyourbest.com forward slash podcast, along with great show notes, a full transcript of the episode, and all the links and resources mentioned in the episode. Please share your comments and questions with us. We want to hear from you. The best way you can show your appreciation for our podcast is to leave an honest rating and review on iTunes. Now it's time for you to take action and truly start becoming your best. Remember, good, better, best. Never let it rest until the good is better and the better is best. Oh,